Welcome to the Colonial Hills Podcast, a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church. Good evening. It's good to be here tonight. And I'm looking forward to the message that God has put on my heart. And I titled this message, and they can go ahead and put it up on the screen, Living a Blessed Life. So I have a question for you guys. Where do you think, if you had to guess, this message is coming from? you got to speak up a little bit. Okay, Psalm 1. I heard some Psalm 1. It's not Psalm 1. Anybody have a different passage you think, a blessed life, where this message might come from? Sermon on the Mount. Okay, I heard Sermon on the Mount a couple places. Not that either. Both good guesses. Um, So if you have your Bibles, you can open to James chapter 1. And I had to do that on purpose because I knew those were going to be the two that would come up in living a blessed life. And... It's actually, it, it was a very interesting study as I, as I looked at this passage in James 1. There's a lot of correlation with Psalm 1 and the Sermon on the Mount. And I thought about trying to intertwine all three of those into one, but first off, we'd be here until like 10 o'clock. And second off, we'd probably just be really confused if we tried to do that. So we're going we're gonna to look at a blessed life from James chapter 1. And I believe, I believe that James gives us some instructions on how to respond to God's word. And if we respond correctly, as the instructions give us, it will lead to a blessed life. So we're going to begin in verse number 19, if you have your Bibles, and read James 1, 19 through 25. The Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and that's, that has the idea of abundance of wickedness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, And straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this evening, and then we'll look at what this living a blessed life looks like in James. Father, I do pray that you will help me as I speak tonight, and I pray that these words would come from you and that these words would be impactful to everyone here tonight. I know it was impactful to me as I studied it. I ask that we would not just be hearers of the word, but that we would be doers of the word so that we can live a blessed life. And I pray that you just help us as we, as we study this tonight, that you would open hearts to be honest with ourselves of where we can improve in these areas. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God expects us to live a blessed life through how we respond to his word. So tonight I want to look quickly at three responses to God's word from James chapter 1 that will help us live a blessed life. So the first response that we must have to God's word, I I see it found in verse number 19, and that is we must receive the word. Look at verse number 19. It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to what? Hear, swift to hear. And so first I see that we need to receive the word with urgency. It says be swift to hear. What should we be swift to hear? Well, we should be swift to hear godly advice. 
We should be swift to hear good counsel, but I believe most importantly, we should be swift to hear and receive the Word of God and what it's, and what it's telling us. There are a lot of things that we're swift to do. When my wife was pregnant, uh, if she had come up to me, you know, let's say it was, it was two days past the due date, and she had come up to me and said, I'm, I'm having labor pains, I feel like I'm ready to go. How do you think she would have felt if I said, oh, okay, sounds good, let me go mow the grass and then we can head to the hospital? How is she going to respond to that? <laughs> Not very well. Why? Because that's an urgent thing, right? That, that needs to happen swiftly, right away. And there are things that need urgency, and I believe one of them for us is the Word of God. We should be swift um, and urgent in, in needing to hear and receive God's Word. And this is something that we, we hear regularly, right? Hey, you need the Word of God. You need the Word of God. But there's a reason that, this is, that we hear this so regularly and so often because it's so vital to the Christian life. So how do we receive God's Word? Well, in, in urgency. First off is through daily reading. What did Jesus say when he was being tempted in the wilderness? Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And actually in the book of, in, in Psalm chapter one, the second verse it says, and in his law doth he meditate what? Day and night. And so there, there needs to be this urgency. I need this in my life. We need to be swift to hear, I need this. And so we need it through daily reading. And the other way that, that God has set up, another way to hear God's word re- regularly is through attending Bible preaching. We should say, I have to be at church because I need to be receiving the word of God. You know, we got family fun nights coming up. I hope you're able to be there. And we'll have Pastor Caleb Phelps uh, speaking. And and we're going to be receiving God's word there. And so there needs to be an urgency about it. But also, we don't just receive it with urgency. Uh, In verse number 21, we see that we need to receive the word with a pure heart. We need to receive it with a pure heart. Look at verse 21 of James 1. It says, wherefore, lay apart or lay aside or remove all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Big words there, but it means we need to remove sin and abundant wickedness. You go back to Psalm 1 and the first verse says, blessed is the man that walketh what? Not in the counsel of the ungodly. Before it even gets to meditating on God's words and say, hey, first what you need to know is you can't be listening to and allowing sin to be in your life if you want to receive God's word and truly meditate on it the way that you should. And honestly, this one, it just makes sense, right? If an important step in receiving God's word is having a heart that's ready and prepared to receive God's word. And so it'd be foolish to expect to receive it if we haven't prepared our hearts by removing sin. Uh, if, if a farmer bought a piece of land, let's say he bought a piece of land that it was full of weeds and, and hard ground, it would be pretty silly for that farmer to go out there and start throwing seeds. What's his, what is his uh, crop going to look like that year? Not, I'm not a farmer, but I don't think his crop's going to look very good. Why? Because he didn't prepare the soil. God says, hey, before you receive the word, because I should have read the whole verse because after you lay apart the, the wickedness, he says, now you receive with meekness. Before we receive it, we need to prepare our hearts. We need to say, God, I want to get something from this. And we prepare our heart. We remove the sin so that we can receive the word that God has given us. So I have a question for you to think about. Is your heart, as you, as you read the word daily, as you come in here preaching, are you preparing your heart by removing sin from your life? 
and, and being right with God so that you can, because what will happen is it will prevent the word from being effective if you're allowing sin to fester in your life. God says, you've got to lay that aside before you receive the word. And, and I know, of course, we're not talking about sinless perfection, but I'm saying you need to come to God's word with the idea of, I want to make sure that I, I'm, I'm clean and I'm ready to and prepared to receive this. And so we, re, we receive the word with a pure heart. And then I also see in verse 21 in the second half, we need to receive the word with teachable humility. Receive the word with teachable humility. It says in this, I'll read the whole verse again, uh, verse number 21. So lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So in order for God's word to be properly received, we must come to God's word with a humble spirit. We need to come, come to his word with a humble spirit. What do we understand from that? Well, it says that's the only way that our soul can be saved. The only way our soul can be saved is by God's word. The only way that we can live a life pleasing to God is by God's word. The only way that we can have any sense of peace and satisfaction in life is through God's word. And you say, well, what does that have to do with humility? Well, here's what it has to do with humility. We can get lifted up in pride and begin to think that I can live this life on my own and I don't need these instructions anymore. Many of us in here have been Christians for much longer than I've been alive. And we can, and, but even at my age, there are times where I'm living my Christian life and I'm not, I'm not going here to receive this. I'm just like, I, I know what to do. I can do this without the help of God's word. And as soon as that pride comes up in us, we are no longer ready to receive God's word because we don't have a meek spirit. It says we receive the word with meekness. And what, what about teachability? What does that have to do? Well, we need to have a teachable spirit that will allow the engrafted word to grow and bear fruit. That word engrafted literally means implanted. And so I was, as I was thinking through this, there's a very specific parable that Jesus gives about having a heart that's prepared. Um, and that's the parable of the sower, right? And so the person, the final ground, the fourth ground, the, the heart was prepared and ready to receive the seed. But after the, the heart receives the seed, if you remember the parable, what's the result of the, of the fourth soil that was prepared to receive the seed? What was the result? It bore fruit. It, it, there, there was fruit that came from it. What is that? That's growth. That's talking about spiritual growth. What does that mean? I believe there's a sense in which we can be truly, genuinely born again and saved, and yet we're not, allow, our, our hearts, we're not allowing our heart to stay prepared enough to receive the word to continue growing and bearing fruit the way that we should. And unfortunately, I know that's true in my own life because I know that there are times where I'm bearing fruit more, more so. And then I have periods in my life, I know I'm not receiving the word the way that I should because I'm not prepared the way that I should be. And I begin to not, I'm not receptive. I'm not as teachable as I should be and coming with a humble heart and saying, God, I need this word so that I can please you. And so the first step in living a blessed life from James is we have to receive the word. Well, it can't stop there. After we receive the word, the next response needed is we need to react to the word. We need to react to the word. And this is a pretty well-known passage. We'll read 22 through 24. The Bible says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. 
For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. We need to be reacting to the word. And so the first thing I see in verse 22 is we need to react with committed action. Look at what it says. But be ye what of the word? Be ye doers. That shows action. There's, we receive the word and that produces action in our life. We cannot live a blessed life if we're receiving the word and not acting on it. I, I think of the, the example that came to my mind is when we hear a message from Pastor, let's say Pastor Phelps, he's, he's preaching on a Sunday morning. Um, it doesn't matter. Pastor Phelps is preaching. And we hear the word. We receive the word. And we say, and, and I think it, as, I, as I give this illustration, we'll be able to relate with this. We say, wow, I really needed that. That was really good. I, I really, really needed that. And then what happens? We go away from it and we don't change anything. We say to ourselves, yeah, I needed that, and then it doesn't produce any change or action in our life, where that's what a hearer says, but not a doer. What does a doer say? A doer doer says, wow, I really needed that. I'm going to go and I'm going to implement some changes, and I'm going to allow what I just heard to affect my actions. And that's what God says. That's how we, we receive it, and then we react to it. I know that we all realize this. God's word demands action. And think about, we can, I, I, I listed a few here, and the list could go on forever. Um, not forever, but. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. What is that? Action. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. Action. Pray without ceasing. Action. Follow me, Jesus said. Action. Let your light so shine before men. Action. Love your enemies. Action. Be ye kind. Action. And the list could go on and on of things that, it, God's word says, here's, here's, we receive this, now do something about it. And so we need to react to the word. If we're receiving God's word, we will be faced with action. So the question I have is, are we actively thinking about that? As I was, as I was preparing this and thinking for myself, I, I had to admit that I don't do that the way that I should. Whether it's, whether it's preaching or whether it's my, my own daily reading, am I coming to God's word and saying, what do I need to do based on what I just received? And I know that that's something that we need to do. And so we need to react with committed action. But also we need to react with careful attention. Look what it says in the second half of verse 22. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. You know, if we're not paying careful attention to our response to God's word, we can deceive ourselves into thinking we've properly responded when we truly haven't. So the person that comes to a mess and says, wow, I really needed that, and then they never go and do anything about it, and I know this is true for myself, I've convinced myself at times just being there in the pew and saying I needed that, and I'm like, there we go, I, I did what I needed for that passage, and God says that's not enough. To live a blessed life, something has to change. If we can hear God's word be preached and and read his word and it doesn't change anything in our life, we're not going to live the blessed life God has for us. How do I know that? Well, Hebrews chapter, you don't have to turn there, but Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 is a well-known verse. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So I want to ask you a question about that verse. Does that sound like a verse that will leave us the same as we were after we come to this word? Now to me, when it says it's quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, that sounds like something that changes you. And, And we know that it does. We come into it and it says, hey, I want to change you. I want to show you something about yourself that you need to change. And so we need to react with careful attention. And then the next one really kind of goes hand in hand. But we also need to react with self-reflection. We need to react with self-reflection. And so this kind of ties in with the last point. Look at what it says in 23 and 24. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, so they receive it but they're not acting upon it, He's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. It stands to reason that we would come to God's word with self-reflection in mind. And again, I know that I need to do a better job of this. We look into God's mirror, and, and it shows us something. So when we come to a service, what should we be asking ourselves? We come, to, we come to a service where we know we're going to be receiving the word, and we should be asking ourselves, hey, what do I need to change in my life based on what I've just received? Or we have our daily Bible reading, we're looking in God's word, and I say, based on this passage that I just read today, what do I need to change in my life, or how should this affect my actions as I'm reading through this? My pastor in northern Michigan used to, he would give this illustration often, and it was always a funny illustration. I probably heard it a hundred times. But one day he, he had to go grab something from the store, and so he went out and he came, he came home, and after he'd been home for a little bit, he, went to the, he had to go to the bathroom, and he, when he went to the bathroom, he was washing his hands, he looks in the mirror, and he had a giant chunk of peanut butter on his face. And he had gone out to town and shopped, and I, I think he said he remembers getting some strange looks, but, you know, he had this big old chunk of peanut butter on his face, and he, he said to his wife, Betty, why didn't you, why didn't you tell me I had peanut butter on my face? And I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how the story went, but it's a funny story, but it would be pretty silly if he had seen the peanut butter on his face, and, ah, all right, I'm going to go to town. Uh, that, that, would be, that would be pretty silly. If we, if we know we have a flaw and we do nothing to change it, that, that's that's a pretty silly thing, and yet we can do that with God's word or, with, or when we receive God's word. Whether it's a message or maybe it's in our reading, we see something, we say, ah, I need to change that, and then do nothing about it. And again, I'm guilty of doing that. I know that I'm guilty of doing that from time to time. And so the question is, are we coming to God's word in self-reflection saying how, whether, in whatever manner we're receiving it, Am I reacting in a way that will conform me more into the image of Christ? Because that's the goal, right? Christ is our example, and we're, we're to be conformed into his image. And so the question is, are we doing that? We see in the next verse that God's word is perfect. God's word is perfect. And so we can know if we look into his word and see a flaw, it's us and not the word. Uh, so if you go to a mirror, maybe you've gone to a mirror before and you're like, oh, I got something on my face and you're trying to wipe it up and, and it's staying there and then you realize it's just your kids that brush their teeth and it's a chunk of toothpaste on the, uh, on the mirror. Let's be honest, how many have toothpaste on your mirrors at home? All right, an average number of hands. Um, I, I know that I do, so I can raise my hand. Um, there's a flaw in the mirror. 
well, there's no flaw in this mirror. So if we look in and we see a flaw, that's, that's something that we, it, it, this is revealing our, the things that we need. And we know that. What does it reveal to us? Well, it, it does reveal our sin, of course. And we talked about that earlier. But it also just reveals things that we can do better. You look into it and it says, and, and you see a command from God, and you say, I'm not doing that the way that I should be. It's not necessarily always a sin. We just look into this mirror, and, and we look at our reflection, and we say, this is something I need to be doing better. So the question is, as that happens, how are we reacting? What are we doing in order to react correctly after we receive the word of God? And so we receive the word, and then it's very clear we can't just receive it. We need to react to it. There, need to be, there needs to be action based on that. And then finally tonight, the final response that I see in this passage is not only do we, we need to receive and react to the word, but we need to remember the word. We need to remember the word. Well, what are you talking about? Well, after we've received and reacted to God's word, the importance in remembering it, we ask ourselves, well, why is it important to remember it? Well, let's look at verse number 25, and we'll, we'll figure out why is it so important that we remember it. It says in verse 25, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. This thing is digging into the back of my ear. That's okay. It's just pain, right? Weakness leaving the body. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> so why is it so important to remember the word? Now it's louder in here. <laughs> Sorry, the sound guy's in the back. Um, well, here's the, the first thing that I see here. Why is it so important to remember what we've, what we've received and reacted to? Number one is because the word is liberating. The word is liberating. It, calls, it says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of Liberty. You know the Bible gets a bad reputation sometimes from people? The Bible gets a bad reputation that it's a restrictive book. It's this book that has all these rules that we have to follow, all these things that we have to do, and it, and it restricts our lives. But the truth is, the life that truly leads to bondage is a life lived outside the perfect law of liberty. Turn with me to the the book of Romans chapter 6. This is the only other place I'll have you turn tonight. Turn with me and look at Romans chapter 6. <clears throat> True bondage is not found in the word of God. True bondage is found outside the word of God. Romans chapter 6, a, a pretty well-known uh, book, uh, a well-known chapter here. We're going to start reading in verse number 14 and read all the way through to the end of the chapter. It says in verse number 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were past tense, the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Listen to verse 18. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. And we see it again in verse 20. 
For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end of everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm here to tell you tonight from the book of James and, and from what we see here that the most liberating life we can live is a life following God's word. And Jesus told us the same thing in John chapter 8. Listen to what he said in John 8, 31 and 32. It says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, Remember, we're talking about remembering the word. So it's not just reacting once, a continuation. If, we can, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. As we learn to receive and react to God's word, we will recognize the amazing freedom that comes in obeying God's word. It's this idea that it, it's so liberating when, when you're truly living in, in remembering what God has told you to do that you're like, I, I don't want anything else. I just want to keep on doing what God has for me because God's word is liberating. And we need to remember that. We also need to remember that the word is a constant necessity. Back to James chapter 1, the word is a constant necessity. Look back, uh, verse number 25 the Bible says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. We, we just read from Jesus that he said the same thing. Does that sound like somebody who's forgotten what they've acted upon? No, this is someone who's continuing in what they've learned. Remember, is, is receiving the word enough to live a blessed life? No. You have to receive it and then react to it. In the same way, just reacting once is not enough either. What do we have to do? We have to continue reacting. We have to Continue doing what we've learned. And I told you, I wanted, to, I wanted to touch on the Sermon on the Mount. And the one that really stuck out to me is in Matthew 5, verse 6. Jesus said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after what? Hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so I was thinking about that connection with continuing in the word of God. And I'm thinking about hungering and thirsting after the word of God. And as you think about those things... It makes you think, man, what does, that, what does that look like? And so what is Jesus trying to explain there? He's trying to, he, he says, I want my followers to be people that can't get enough of this book. They can't get enough of it. it, it, it their, their appetite can't be satisfied. I don't know about you, but I finish lunch and I start thinking about dinner, right? I mean, um, and so if we're thinking about our actual food appetite, what, what does it look like? Well, the first thing is every day. Right? We eat every day. Maybe a fast here or there, but typically we eat every day. And what does that cause, eating every day? It causes growth and maturity. I don't know about you guys, but the older I get, unfortunately, my appetite doesn't get smaller. It's gotten bigger. And we, we continue to grow and mature. What is that? That's remembering the word and, and acting upon it. What's another thing? Well, if you don't eat, what's going to happen? You'll get sick, and then you'll die at some point, right? So the, the, you're sick without it. And that's what Jesus says. I want you to have this hunger and thirst after this. And so, so, but we need to understand that it's a constant necessity. Food is a constant necessity. We need it every single day. Is, should God's word be any different? It shouldn't be. Unfortunately, sometimes it is. 
So the question is, are we continuing regularly in God's word, seeking to have it guide how we live, and do we realize how important it is? Again, sometimes I know that I, I don't think of it that way. I can, I can go and, and I, I'm not thinking, wow, I need this. Every day I need it to be impacting every area of my life. But that's what we see here in James, that you're continuing in the word, not being a forgetful hearer. And so finally this evening, so the word is a constant necessity, but also the word is the only path to a blessed life. So let's read all of verse 25, and we'll finish here in a couple minutes. It says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So you say, all right, I've, I've, I've received the word. I, I got the word. And I've reacted to the word. I've, I've done, I heard it. I've done what, what I saw in it, whether it was some message or, or my personal reading. I've acted on it. I've even remembered it. I didn't stop doing it. I've continued doing that. So now it's time for the blessings to fall. <laughs> All right, now, now the blessing needs to come down. Well, that sounds good, but I want you to look carefully at the wording in the end of the verse. It says, this man shall be blessed, and then there's a preposition there. What's the preposition? In, not for. You say, what are you talking about? And honestly, as I studied this and as I, as I got to that, I was like, wow, that's a really interesting that that was the choice of the word that he used there. It doesn't say for his deed. The blessing is in living a life following God's word. So I'm, I'm going to open this up just for, for a second here, and I want to ask you guys, as we think about this, what are some blessings that we receive in obeying the word of God, in doing the word of God? What are some blessings that we receive? What? A clear conscience. A clear conscience. As we obey God's word, as we receive it and react, we have a clear conscience. What else? Putting you guys on the spot a little bit. I've got a few things in here written down, but peace. I, I had that in here. Peace of mind. When we're not following God's word, when I'm not following God's word, I don't have peace. What else? Anything else that we get in obeying God's word? What, one, the first step in truly obeying God's word is accepting Christ as our Savior. What's that blessing? Eternal life. We don't get that without God's word. Um, I put in here fellowship with God. We don't have fellowship with God unless we're in his word and, and living in obedience to his word. But even practically, our relationships. How, go through uh, Ephesians chapter 6 where it talks about how the children react to their parents, how the husbands and the wives treat each other and those different things. If you follow that, is your family life better? Is that a blessing that we don't receive outside of God's word? It is. You don't receive those blessings unless you're obeying what God's word said. And so I was, reading, I was reading this and it said, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And so what I see is the fruit of a life lived in obedience to God's word is a blessed life. That's what a blessed life looks like. So the best life that we can live is a life obeying God's word. That is what a blessed life looks like. And so I, I was going through that, and it was, it was as I studied that, I, I, I just, I had to stop and say, wow, the best life I can live is a life simply doing what this book says. And that was, that was a challenge to me. So my, my main overall question for the message is, how have we been responding to God's word? Are we receiving it? A question is, are you daily in his word? 
Are, are we daily in God's word? Are we wanting to be hearing God's word preached? Are we saturating our life with it? And then how are we reacting to it? Are we being challenged by God's word? Or are we just, are we content to be a hearer? Yeah, that, oh man, I really needed that today. But then we don't make any changes. Are we reacting to what we're hearing? Are we looking in it like a mirror and saying, oh, there's a flaw. I need to fix that. I need to change that. I need to do something about that. And then are we remembering it? Are we continuing in it so that we can understand, wow, this life continuing God's word, is, it's liberty. It's freedom. It's, it's liberating. This is the best life that we can live. And this is the blessed life by remembering and following after God's word. And so I, I hope that was a challenge to you tonight. I know it was a challenge to me as I studied. I was like, man, I need to be doing this more. I need to not only be receiving it more, but I need to be reacting correctly and continuing in that. Why? So I can live a blessed life. And that was, the, again, the title of the message tonight is Living a Blessed Life. How do we do that? We follow God's word. This podcast has been a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church, a church home for all people. If what you've heard has been an encouragement to you, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to connect with Colonial or find more resources, you can find us online at colonialindy.org. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on the Colonial Hills Podcast. Thank you.